What would you do if you could do anything? Welcome to The Purpose Effect. I'm Elena. Join me for weekly conversations on purpose with women who have found it and are impacting their worlds with it. Purpose and my why and my whole sort of being has changed along the way, you know, but that's what I love. And I think, and, and it doesn't stop, you know, Yeah, it's that lifelong learner. Um, you know, that's what I love is to be that person that's just open, um, you know, to, to any opportunities that come up. And I think that's the key is to see things as an opportunity rather than an obstacle. I speak to women who are building businesses, have turned their passions or side hustles into careers, or have dedicated their lives in service of others. I hope that by collecting these stories, I can offer you tangible lessons on how to discover, build, and grow purpose in your own lives. So let's get started. This week, I'm talking to Kylie Gates. Kylie is a transformational coach, as well as the head program coach and creative director for Les Mills International. A former dancer and athlete, She coaches and empowers Les Mills trainers, as well as her own private clients, to reach their full potential. She is also responsible for developing the Les Mills Advanced Training for Instructors program. Trainers who have worked with Kylie often talk about how transformational and inspiring their experience was. And even in our short chat, Kylie made me feel heard, anchored, and that anything was possible. If you give yourself the space, energy, and time to work towards it. Kylie and I talk about growth mindset, building resilience, finding peace, and how trusting her gut has meant she has no regrets. So welcome, Kylie, and thank you so much for being here, Um, particularly as I know you are battling both a lockdown and some severe weather in Auckland. Thank you for having me. Um, I just wanted to, to start off by asking you one of my favorite questions, um, which is a question that I ask everybody who comes on the show. And that is what does purpose mean to you? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm, yeah, it was great to have the questions up front. Uh, it gave me more, just allowed me to have a little bit more insight. I don't like to, I did, I just did it before the podcast actually to, ah, okay. yeah, not to take too long and really think it out, but just to come from my, from my gut response, which um, I guess, you know, purpose for me is, is really, I think it's a, a combination of a lot of things, but it's mm-hmm. around, you know, it's around being driven and I always see it as something that's bigger than me. Um, yeah. I love to have growth in my life and I love to have contribution. So I see it as something that is bigger than me that's serving so many people. So purpose is, it's also based from my values and things that are really important to me. And then of course, my why is connected to that. So, you know, purpose is the thing that the fire in the belly, the stuff that gets you out of bed. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's sort of a, integrated with a lot of other things as well. Yeah. Mm. A, a lot of women I've spoken to have talked about the why and how, mm-hmm. Focusing on the why is something that helps them through the more difficult parts of of mm. their journeys. So, what is your why? Mm. So, I have a few um, on a personal level and then on a work level. I guess through my um, my role with Les Mills and my fitness career, which has been thirty years um, in the fitness industry, it's always around really connecting people into their bodies. Mm-hmm. And making, you know, 
for me it's around getting people to understand that it's a mind-body connection, that, yes, we're doing this physical workout, but if you can really attune the mind with the with the body, then you're going to obviously evoke the heart, the emotional, and then the spiritual. So, you know, just so much around creating a balance for people, creating that wholeness so that people can operate from a really balanced perspective and go through their life, yeah, feeling balanced. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I love that. I love this sort of holistic idea of looking looking at it, and I would love to go into that in a bit more detail a bit later mm. on because I'm personally somebody who struggles with that connection. I'm leading from a heart space. It's not easy for me. I'm very much up in my head. Mm. Um and I'm also really interested in how physical practices and movement can allow us to tap in, mm. um, tap into our intuition more and tap into sort of our mind-body connection more. Yeah. yeah. But I also wanted to ask, has purpose changed for you over the course of your, your totally. life and your career? <laughs> totally. I think, you know, I mean, that's, it's called a journey, right? Yeah. And that's what I love about it. You know, I did a big, um, I did a woman influence convention a couple of weeks ago and, you know, I, I really wanted to state it up front that, you know, I've got some things that I live by and some rituals and some leadership traits and things, but it's like, you got to remember that this is over a long period of time, <laughs> um, because we change as humans. And I think, you know, when I started in the fitness industry, I came from a dance background. It was easy for me to be on stage. I've been on stage my whole life, people staring at you. You know, I was used to that. <laughs> and that's the first thing instructors say is everyone's staring at me. It's like, yes, <laughs> that's what happens, you know. So I think, um, you know, my purpose and my why and my whole sort of being has changed along the way. And then along the way, that has shaped me into the person I am today. So I think, you know, but that's what I love. And I think, and, and it doesn't stop, you know, yeah, it's that lifelong learner. Um, you know, that's what I love is to be that person that's just open, um, you know, to, to any opportunities that come up. And I think that's the key is to see things as an opportunity rather than an obstacle. Um, I learned that a long time ago and sort of take those risks. And I, I'm a person that listens to my gut, um, mm-hmm you know, and goes for it. But yeah, it absolutely changes as you evolve and change as a person. And I think that's really important because I wouldn't, I would, de- you know, I would be horrified to think the way I used to teach aerobics back in the day, I was a bit of a sergeant major, you know, <laughs> and now I teach with a lot of compassion and, and realize that everyone's on their own journey. And I think, you know, through um, all of our teaching practices and how we train instructors, we we try and get them to understand that we've got so many different people with so many different needs and wants that come to the yeah. classes, you know, or whether it's in my coaching, everyone's wanting something different. And it's in what it's, it is important to find out what people actually, what motivates them. Mm-hmm. And then you can actually be more of, um, you know, you can really help them in their journey. Yeah. Yeah. I find it interesting. Um, you said you you came from a dance background yeah. and my very limited experience of dance backgrounds from when I was a kid is it's it's quite regimented and Mm -hmm. there's a very clear direction. Mm -hmm. So for somebody who's quite good at seeing opportunities where others may not and Mm -hmm. picking up opportunities as they go along, there's, there's a bit of a gap there. I think sometimes between this quite um, like rigid experience of dance. So 
was that difficult for you or was that something that you were always looking for? So are you talking about the rigidity in the dance world? Yeah, in the dance world. Yeah. Okay, so I think there's um, there's obviously lots of different dance as well, and I do yeah. do a, a lot of ballet. <laughs> I found in ballet, um, I wasn't particularly good at it, uh, and I think we always try and work on things we're good at. Um, I was I was great at at jazz and and sort of tap dancing was was my thing back in the day, um, but. I think what it really, it just taught me so much. It taught me, for me personally, I can say it taught me more than what school did. Yeah. It taught me about confidence. It taught me, um, you know, about really stepping outside my comfort zone. It taught me about collaboration. It taught me about working in a team. I started teaching when I was 14. So at a young age, you know, responsible for other people and, and you know, seeing potential in other people and then having this responsibility of, I said, I remember saying to my mum, you know, I've got this responsibility. I've got all these, you know, about 20 or 30 kids that are looking up to me, so I need to step it up, you know. So I, I learned that from a young age. So it really, really gave me that responsibility. I mean, I, I immersed myself in it so much to the point where my parents sort of said, you know, you need to look at your schoolwork. <laughs> Because I knew I wanted to be either a dance teacher or or go away dancing. I knew that that was my future, and yeah. I knew that from a really young age. And and I, I yeah, I guess um, school has changed from back when I was at school. But I know that that was sort of my main focus. Is I just couldn't wait to get out of school to go and and um, be at dance school. And I was there for around four or five hours every night, wow. all day Saturday. But it gave me such a foundation. Um, now when I look back, you know, at the time you don't realise, but now when I look back I think, you know, that's completely where all my discipline has come from. Yeah. You know, as, as through those dance years and I'm working hard, you know, because I was never the best dancer. I remember coming home and sort of saying, oh, I want to be better. And mum's like, well, you know what you have to do? You have to practice. Don't compare yourself to others. She taught me that, you know, from a young age and just being able to and put the work in. So I am big on work ethic. I think that, um, you know, that is something that, yeah, if you've got that, I think you can survive in anything, you know, to have that really good work ethic. Do you think you can develop work, work ethic or mm. do you think some people are just, just have it? It's something you're born with. I was about to say that leads into growth mindset, you know, and you ask yeah. me about that and that's, you know, it's being open to realise that you can change, that you can actually you know, be open to things and you can develop those skills, you know, yeah. seeing yourself as being resourceful. And I, that, that's where the coaching is in, in alignment for me is because coaching is all about, you know, really helping people realize that they are resourceful, mm-hmm. that, you know, they often come to me and say they want to do coaching and they want me to give them the answers. Well, coaching is actually not that. It's around you actually have the answers yourself and they are within us. But often it's not till we have the conversation and we're talking that you realize or you don't realize <laughs> what's going on until you say it. It's like, oh, okay. And then you have those realizations. I mean, it's really rather than teaching people, it's helping them to learn and understand themselves more, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So then let's talk about your movement into coaching because um, you are the creative director of Les Mills International, which is already a very big job, but you have decided to take on another big job in uh, also providing coaching services. So how did that happen? 
So it's, it's just a little bit of a side hustle, something mm-hmm. that I do um, for me because I do really enjoy working with clients one-on-one. I think I've always been um, – so I was the the head coach when I was living in Australia um, mm-hmm. so about 15 years ago. I've been in uh, New Zealand for the last seven years, and so I was doing a lot of coaching. And what I realised – and that's performance coaching, so that's right. coaching for the masterclasses that go globally around the world. Mm-hmm. And I was doing a lot of that. Every three months we release new classes. And I realised, you know, that these guys are top athletes, right? So Mm -hmm. when you're training people, you always look at sort of is it the competency of what what they're doing, you know, what do they need more, or is it confidence? And I always found that it always came down to confidence. Really? Um, Yeah. Even with these top athletes? At that top level, because it is. It's the top two inches. (laughs) And it's, it's that top level. And if you don't have the mindset right, that's what's you're not going to get there. You won't succeed. I've seen a, I've seen people bomb out. Basically, it's that you know having the um, the choking effect. You know, getting to the filming of the masterclass, doing really well through rehearsals, and then you know, and then having this performance choking, they call it. So I realized, you know, when I started doing this coaching at that high level. Uh, I realize more than anything because I think sometimes when you just start in your journey as an instructor or as an athlete, you know, you don't know what you don't know and then you're just yeah. sort of trying all these things and you, you're kind of opening up for it. But then once you get to a certain level, there's the, um, yeah, there's all those insecurities and expectations that we put on ourselves, all those beliefs, <laughs> what are your values, your beliefs, all of that that start to creep in when you're about to really go for something that's very important to you. So, Do you think it's also because at that top level, um, the there's just so much excellence? Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes people struggle because everyone around them is also in that top yeah, those yeah. top two inches. It's that it's that pressure, you know, that they feel. And so some people are, are born to sort of thrive on that pressure. I quite like that pressure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sort of getting I really like getting the nerves and sort of pushing myself through that and trusting myself, but it is, it's a mindset. And so that's when I really realized, okay, I'm having these conversations with people and it's not about telling them, you know, how to technically do the move better or mm-hmm. what to coach, you know, or, but I'm having these deep D and M's they used to be called, you know, <laughs> I yeah. them that, but used to be having all these deep and meaningful conversations with people and realizing, wow, this is, you know, I'm getting to know sort of all, yeah, I, I'm. You know, they're sharing with me all their demons and all their frustrations and all their things that come out um, in that confidence area. So, yeah, over the years, I've just been fascinated by that. And through the work I do with Les Mills, um, I've had many opportunities to do lots of leadership and uh, positive psychology courses. Mm-hmm. And then when I came to New Zealand, I had a little bit more time. Um, had to fill it. <laughs> no, um, but that's where, yeah, I have a passion for growth and yeah. contribution. So I really wanted to go and get my credentials in, in coaching. So I got my, uh, my life coaching uh, credentials and, and I've just recently got certified in holistic coaching as well. Okay. Because that is, I feel like it's, yeah, definitely, as you said, you know, there could be some mental things, but obviously it's going on in other other parts as well and that's all integrated together. So yeah. I'm finding that that's really helping. So, yeah, I mean, I just find it fascinating. I find it, uh, you know, really inspiring as, as mm-hmm. well. 
um, to be coaching people and helping people and you know you can't you can't be a coach without being coached yourself so I have a coach and I know the work the transformation I've been through and I want to just share that with other people I think that's that's the big reason why I do it Mm. so I think one of the the starting point of any transformational journey, I think, is always a challenging one because sometimes people are afraid to start because either they think they might be throwing away experience or whatever they've learned to date. You know, they feel that uh, their career or their life is some kind of a linear trajectory or mm. sometimes they're, they're scared of failing. You have this quote on your website by Maya Angelou. It says, there is no greater agony than bearing an untold story within you. And I love this idea. But what do you say to your clients who feel like they have an untold story within them but are struggling to find a way to get it out? Mm. So I usually do like coaching packages, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, is six sessions that I do with people. Um, and we always get to the bottom of it, <laughs> uh, yeah. but, but yeah, it's, it takes time. And I think, you know, that's, it is, it's really unpeeling, unpeeling yourself back. You know, it's kind of taking the layers off. It's like having clothing and you just keep taking another layer and realizing, you know, um, that all the answers do lie within ourselves. Yeah. Uh, and, and often what's stopping us is actually ourselves and yeah. our own, um, you know, and that could come down to little beliefs, you know, I mean, that's that's a big one for a lot of people. So there's there's a lot of tools and techniques that you can do that can really help in those areas. You know, whether it's um, whether it's doing mindfulness meditation, you know, doing yoga. I mean, yeah, there has been a lot of common themes around that have come up in my coaching of late that I've noticed. Particularly, I I have I have for male clients as well, but particularly with females is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just these these things of not being sort of not being good enough and always wanting more. And it's interesting, it's kind of where does that come from? And then when we dig down into it, it's, you know, it's just little beliefs that they've picked up along the way. And yeah. yeah. And then once once you actually talk through it and you work through it and do some do you know, work on some techniques and tools. Mm-hmm. Um, they realize, ah, this is very small. <laughs> and this is yeah. just you know, a, a little, yeah, this is something that I can actually overcome and this is something that I can manage. Yeah. yeah. So what are some of the techniques and tools that you work with your clients on? I think, um, you know, it's always looking at the four aspects. So often, you know, people say, you know, if people want to, so just for example, if people want to lose weight, um, yeah. you know, it's that's a common one that people want to do is sort of getting down to the root issue of um, where those things come from. Um, and a lot of that does come through emotional, some working through some emotional things. So maybe it's emotional clearing or uh, it's doing some journaling. I find for a lot of people doing the journaling, really coming back to some of the basics because I think we've just kind of spiraled into these working machines. Yeah. <laughs> we're always working and always trying to get to the next thing. And sometimes it's about actually pulling, stripping back and coming back to your basics. Um, but the, yeah, there are lots of tools and techniques you can use. So yoga, you know, obviously I think with the pandemic it's really taught so many of us that it is coming back to basics, getting out in nature, you know, just stay, changing your state of mind is a really big one. Reframing things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also techniques around, you know, how you can have your thought patterns and how you can reframe things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, I think the big thing is it takes work. You know, it yeah. takes you. You got to put the work in. <laughs> I yeah. think. Um, you know, I always do like a little complimentary session with clients to see what their motivations are towards coaching, yeah. and what their expectations are, and I think that's really important because you have to be prepared to do the work and 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 then know that it's it kind of you don't just do the work and that's it and you're fixed. There's no kind of fixing. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's about just gaining these tools and insights and awareness so that you can actually be in charge of your life. And I think that's the great thing that that coaching has given me personally. Um, So you're not looking for external factors all the time to fix you or make you feel good, you know, Um, and that comes down to obviously on a, you know, that physical level where people go and, you know, abuse themselves through, yeah, yeah, food and diet and all that sort of stuff. Um, and just, yeah, finding that peace. And I think, I think at the end of the day, a lot of us just want the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we just want to find that, that peace and happiness and, and be happy most of the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about how you use movement in your own practices, but also what you teach and how movement and particular regular practices of certain kinds of movement can actually reframe things mentally or can help you lock into your intuition. Um, what is the connection between physical movement and and our mood or our mindset? Mm. Well, I think, you know, the big one with the physical movement, and it doesn't really matter what you do, and I think that's the actual key because often I say to my clients, they know that I do a lot of yoga, and but it hasn't always been that way. You know, I, I've, taught, um, I've taught Body Balance, which is our yoga program, for many years, doesn't mean that I was a full yogi or meditating all the time. You know, I still did a lot of the physical um, workouts as well and jumping around and doing all that. Anything that you are expressing yourself through movement or even if it's painting or it doesn't always have to be movement, it can be through, you know, painting, it can be sewing, can be anything that you're doing um, to create expression and creativity is going to be great because it's going to help just your all parts, all your body systems is going to help on emotional level, spiritual, physical, and mental. Um, but I think, yeah, the working out can really change your state of mind. I mean, you, yeah. you basically can just be transformed within 30 minutes. You know, you can be feeling a bit crap and then you do a workout and then you just feel amazing when you come out the other end because you can, you actually can just switch your mind off. And, you know, it's important that we, we learn to be able to do that to a yeah. degree. You know, I don't think you can ever switch it off completely, but it's like just quiet the mind and then allow yourself to just your physical body to take over. So there's there's so much research about it, um, which I'm not the expert on, but, you know, I think um, for me I'm fascinated with yoga and meditation and how that all works, how it, you know, can really um, bring you into that parasympathetic nervous system which you want to be getting more of because you know we live our life with this high stimuli all the time yeah so we really want to come into that calm and I think that's when I started really doing a regular yoga practice I mm-hmm. came away from I came more into balance the only way to explain it was like I came away from those massive highs and massive lows and all of a sudden I became a little bit more level and okay and I really liked that person <laughs> and like that person a lot more yeah. because found that you know because of the type of work I've done all my life and performing there's going to be massive highs you know with what you do and 
but what comes with that is those real lows and it's being able to manage those and I just found that it was um, just it wasn't good for my temperament, it wasn't yeah. for me as a person. Uh, it didn't, I couldn't adjust to that. And I actually I see it a lot with performing artists is mm-hmm. the massive highs and massive lows. So if you've got a practice of some sort of, um, whether it's yoga or meditation or some sort of movement practice, um, it really helps to regulate you and get you on that that balance so that you can, you're not sort of operating on those highs and lows so much. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's really transformational, that work. And do you think there's a cumulative effect? Like if you if you set aside a goal to practice, let's say 20 minutes of yoga or mm-hmm. do half an hour of physical work every day, over mm-hmm. time, does that can that have like exponential benefits? Do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think um, it just, you know, it's that consistency thing. I always say to people, it doesn't matter if you only do 10 minutes, but just be consistent, you know, because that's... Yeah, that also helps to change you on that yeah, real mental level, I think, is really important for us. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with all the uncertainty in the world right now. It's like what are the things you can do to ground yourself? Yeah. Anchor you so you don't feel like you're out on this boat in the in the rough waters. You're actually, you know, the rough waters are still there, but you're really solid and anchored. And I think that's um, that's what the rituals do for me and have done for me those little things that really anchor me because there's so much uncertainty and there's so much you know I I look at the younger a lot of of the younger guys I work with and you know they've grown up with social media I never had that and that's pretty full-on I I mean it's obviously a fantastic tool in many ways Mm -hmm. but it also can be you know quite yeah it can be sort of a destructive platforms as well you know so yeah thing is just learning how to manage all those things so if you've got these kind of rituals or things that you do that can help you to ground you then you know it just yeah enables you to just be resilient and be able to you know stand tall and know who you are and that comes back to you you know on a on a mental level is like your values and knowing your why knowing your purpose um, which all links actually into your spiritual because I think we forget that that's you know, your spiritual body system is so important because that is around, you know, your your own development, your personal development. Yeah. And, and you know, connecting to something higher than you and uh, mm-hmm. having, that, having that belief in yourself. Yeah. So we've talked um, a little bit about the physical practices, but what are some of the mindset practices, the tips and tricks that we can use to stay the course when we've discovered what the why is? Mm. I think it's really important for people to constantly um, be looking at your values about what's Mm -hmm. important to you because I I find that one of the common themes I see a lot is is people comparing themselves to others. Yeah. So if you know who you are in this world and why you exist and what you stand for, then, you know, again, you can't be kind of rocked. So I think it's Mm -hmm. important. To, and there's so many tools you can get online and just you know google values and you know some worksheets will come up yeah um, there's some really cool work by Byron Katie who does some amazing amazing work and she does um it's all free online it's it's quite transformational work but again you've got to do the work you've got to uh, you know do go through the questions and it's she calls it like a um a writing meditation okay um, yeah and it's 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 I've got introduced to it through the course that I've done this integrated mm-hmm. course and 
fantastic work. Yeah, quite okay. amazing, transformational. I think, um, you know, is really looking at your belief system is another one because most of the time, you know, we operate from this belief system and, you know, there might be little beliefs that have come in that you had when you were three or four <laughs> and you think, well, okay, I'm in my 30s and I'm still, I'm still, you know, carrying on about that belief. And it's like, is it true? Is it not true? Again, there's lots of things you can do. You don't even have to have a coach. You can, you can answer those questions yourself, go online and find some, you know, some stuff around beliefs, limiting beliefs, things that hold you back, you know, and being able to turn those around. Um, There's a really good, uh, we, we just actually gave one to our, our global instructors. It's just a simple, uh, it's, it's around uh, passengers on the bus metaphor, Okay. from an acceptance um, kind of therapy that they do and commitment and, and acceptance therapy. And, you know, just by looking at what are your values and then what are the what are the limiting beliefs that come up that hold you back? Yeah. And, and you can sort of see it in a scenario. There's a couple of there's a is played out sort of with people and then it's also acted out that way and then there's some cartoon versions of it. And I think it's really cool. It's just an easy way to actually start to look at it and realize, ah, oh, that's, they're those little beliefs that I, you know, that I've been using or stories yeah. I've been telling myself, which no longer exist, you know, so that's a good way. I think um, also with your, your thought patterns, you know, reframing it, it's all, it's all how we reframe it in our mind. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's really important to talk to people like, yeah. you know, um, yeah, talk to people that are willing to listen, you know, without interrupting and <laughs> giving their own thoughts um, too much. But, yeah, even just getting things out, that's, I know, you know, that's, you don't know what you don't know until you start talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think also, you know, you mentioned earlier that you have quite a strong intuition and you have yeah. quite a good ability to connect sort of the mental side of of your headspace and the physical side of your headspace. That's something that I kind of struggle with. I, I struggle to calm sort of the thinking mind. Mm. Um, and I think I also struggle to trust the intuitive voice inside. So how have you managed to trust yourself a little bit more or trust your intuition and, mm. and hear it better? Mm. I, I do believe that I developed that gut intuition from a young age being a dancer because mm-hmm. it's all about feel and movement yeah. and expression. So I, I never expressed verbally. It was always through my body. So that's how you create expression through dance. And I think that's enab- that's just enabled me to have this, this gut um, response because often, you know, yeah, I just allow myself to switch off the conscious mind and go into allow myself to go into my gut, which will give me that unconscious thinking. Yeah. <laughs> But there's, there's little meditations you can do to actually develop a more gut intuition. Um, oops, I need to decline that. Um, uh, to give to my clients, um, which help them in that in that aspect if they want to develop that more. So you can actually develop gut intuition through mm-hmm. meditating. Yeah. Yeah, I've recently started um, using Headspace for guided meditations. It's it's a struggle. I mean, I'm working yeah. on it, but um, I'll think that I'm doing really well. And then I realize actually that's my thinking mind creeping back in here going, oh, well done, Elena. You're not thinking about anything. Yeah. But it's still there in the background. But at least you're doing it. That's great. Yeah. 
everybody who I've spoken to about meditation says that eventually you just get better at it. Like everything, I guess it's like a muscle you need to. Yeah. It's a muscle. You've got to keep going to the gym. Yeah. (laughs) Some days are good. Some days not so good. And then yeah, eventually you kind of just go, yeah, I'm okay at this, you know? Yeah. I I was listening to an interview that you did on um, Tracy Minoknuku's podcast, Mm -hmm. Sexy Aging, and you were talking about the importance of self-work and how um, sometimes it's viewed as selfish. And I really resonate with that. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think particularly particularly as a woman and maybe particularly in the stage of life I'm in, you know, because I've Mm -hmm. got young children and a mortgage. And I think it's very easy not to prioritize the self. And mm. I think while this is changing, women in particular are often judged on what they're contributing to their communities or their relationships to other people around them rather than who they are mm. individually. Mm. So how do you encourage people to focus on self and and how do you think that the fact that women in particular, perhaps not doing enough of it, mm. is holding, can be holding us back? Mm. I think, yeah, I think the big thing for me around that is if you don't have compassion for yourself, then you can't really have compassion for other people. Yeah. And that's, that's been a big one, something that, you know, I particularly now with teaching classes, I, I see it that I have this platform and I and it's a platform to use to really help people and yeah. you know not just in their physical but obviously emotional and particularly when I teach you know a yoga class is to in the meditation talk about that stuff you know this is an opportunity to to look after yourself you know what have you done this week to to look after yourself you know mm-hmm. um, even being in this in this class is is looking after yourself giving yourself time yeah you know, staying right to the end in the meditation and give yourself give yourself permission because it's it's a typical thing because of it's a little bit of the culture you know that we're all brought up with with different culture different cultures but the same kind of um you know things that go around and I think you know we are driven to always keep keep working keep you know doing it just keep doing I think yeah, is and the, producing doing, as well and producing producer. work producing children or you know mm. uh producing stuff it's not mm. it's not being yeah yeah it's not the being and I think you know the the yoga and because um, I was a dancer you know it's really important that I looked after myself when I was away because I was away from my family from a young age and you know to, I realized then that um I remember going away and sort of the older girls would teach me around you know what to eat and how to manage myself and you know because we would was this going away on tour yeah we're performing every night and so you need to come up with those self-care practices to make sure that you look after yourself otherwise I was going to get injured and I'd be sent home and that was the last thing I wanted yeah so I learned from a young age to really look after myself and I never saw it as a selfish thing I only saw it as or this is what I need to do to be able to get there. So yeah. I think that's what one of the things I, um, you know, really help my clients with is, you know, so if you don't look after yourself, what's the impact of that mm-hmm. to your children or your husband or, you know, what's the impact? So I think we always, yeah, it's, it's starting to look at really, you know, I think the pandemic has been something that has, you know, forced a lot of us to look at that and go, whoa, you know, maybe I was working too much. I was, 
you know, spending all my time working and, and now I feel like I'm sort of actually got a little bit more balance because I'm working. I know that's happened here in New Zealand, you know, got more balance. Even for me being in the office all the time, now I'm not in there as much. Mm -hmm. So that means I have more time at home. That means I can, you know, do some more self-care things. I think it it is tough. It is something that, yeah, I know mentally you need to work on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so that's like a reframe. That's a mental reframe to be able to allow yourself and it's giving yourself permission. Yeah. Um, you know, to be able to do those things. But it, it, it does come back to, you know, having compassion for yourself. And if you if you don't have that, then how are you expected to give it to others? Yeah. It's it's actually quite simple, yet it's I can see how, you know, society has um, you know, put the pressure on that. So I think it's, it's really important for women particularly that um, they do have this time out, that it's finding, you know, finding moments in your day that you can have some time out and do some things for yourself that is going to just help you to be a better mother, better, mm-hmm. better partner, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's just reframing it. It's not looking at it as a, as a, you know, I'm selfish if I do this or if, yeah, it's going, well, I need to do these things. And I think that comes back to what's important to you. You yeah. know, what, how do you want to show up in the world? And so it all comes back to those sort of grounding, those foundational things um, can really help you to, you know, move forward in life in the way you want to move forward and be your own person as well, you know. I think the fact that you compared it to a dancing career is actually a really helpful analogy. We would Mm. never uh, expect that a a dancer or a sports person would not Mm. take time for recovery and self-care because everybody can understand very easily how if a sports person or a dance dancer doesn't do the recovery, doesn't do the the self-care, doesn't look after their body, then mm. it will physically break or get mm. injured. We don't seem to put the same amount of importance on ways that you can mentally or emotionally break, like through burnout yeah. or stress. But I think that's a really helpful analogy which makes I think can make everybody realize that actually this is just what you need to do to take care of yourself and yeah. allow yourself to continue to to do the things you're doing for other people and continue to progress professionally, personally, and and then in, in all other parts of your life. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, the other key thing I was just thinking the other day, um, I had a bit of a what I call a wobbly day <laughs> and, you know, my mind Easy was Easy to bit- do at the moment. Yeah, because of the uncertainty that's going on. Yeah. And so all I did was I spoke to my husband who is predominantly more of a, um, you know, he's, yeah, he's a thinker, but he actually listened and didn't really say much and did some coaching on me. And then, so that was great. But then I went and dumped a whole lot of stuff that was in my mind and just just did the journaling. Mm -hmm. As soon as I did that, it's like you put it in a box and it just sits there and then it frees you up so all of a sudden you're not carrying all that so that's so so good um you know I think I've got some beautiful exercises that that we do one of them is finding the beauty in in things and in yourself um I did that today actually okay um it's just finding the beauty in yourself in others and the world and it just helps you to put things in perspective because yeah we can all get you know, we're all in our little worlds and it's always important and it's always life-changing. 
and it's always traumatic or whatever. Yeah. But then when we start to do these little, you know, journaling or meditation or whatever it is, it helps to just put things in perspective for us and go, okay, I, I know what I need to do. Or, but, but it's being able to release it. I think that's the yeah. You need to be able to find ways to release your emotions and whether that's writing down, so that works really well for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, physically moving my body is another mm-hmm. one. Doing, I'm not, I don't do a lot of meditation. I usually do a guided meditation. Otherwise, if I just try and do on myself, I'll just start thinking. Yeah, I'm the same. <laughs> um, so I'm more <laughs> of a movement person. Um, and, you know, I think that's, you know, even walking, like just going out in nature and just walking is like a moving meditation. Yeah. And it's that, that writing meditation with, um, that beautiful uh, lady I mentioned before. So there's so many tools and things that we can access, but it is about, it is about, you know, putting the time aside and it doesn't have to be a lot of time as well. I think, you know, when you start doing those things, if I do find myself getting a little bit, you know, wobbly, I think, okay, what have I not done today? And then usually it'll be, yeah, I haven't done any journaling. So I journal and then my mind is almost like it's just transformational, yeah, within a few minutes, it's just like, okay, that's that's done now. I've journaled it. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting when you go back and read it the next day or yeah. you think about it. At least it's sort of put away somewhere. That's one of the great things about journaling. I, I mm. often try and do my journaling in the evening. If I can dump it out of my head before I go to bed, then I can sleep better. Yeah, nice. But I think also if there's a problem that you've been thinking about through the day, I find the journaling in the evening helps because maybe, and I I don't know the science behind this, while you're sleeping or when your unconscious mind is active, it might be working through some of these problems because the next day sometimes Mm. you can sometimes see a path through that you couldn't see Mm. earlier. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting, like, to figure out how the different parts of our minds are working together. And and then I guess what some of what you're doing is also coaching you on how to unlock some of those different pathways. Yeah. Yeah. You start to learn and you start to see the patterning that you do, that we often just do to ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, there I go. And I think that's the big thing that I love. I love that so much about coaching. It's not about going to someone for advice or, you know, there's, there is obviously that, and that's more like therapy or a counselor or an advisor, but the coaching is really about the client coming to their own conclusions and their own sort of like where they want to go, what their goals are, you know, what, whatever their issue is that they want to work towards, you know, the coach just helps guide them. They work alongside them. And I think that's the great thing because when it's always our own thinking, we, we often will act on it, you know, whereas yeah. if someone tells us to do something, it's kind of like, no, no. I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. An automatic response. Uh, my husband always jokes that if the idea comes from him, I will automatically disregard it. Yeah. <laughs> but if I think that it's come from myself, I'm much more likely to act yeah. upon it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, another thing you said in um, your Sexy Aging podcast with Tracy, which I really, really loved, um, is that you said in your 30s you were looking for purpose and then your 40s you were looking for mastery mm. and now in your 50s you're looking for peace. And I think that's such a beautiful way to talk about the journeys that we all go on through 
Mm. through life because I'm in my 30s and I'm clearly looking for purpose um, (laughs) or I wouldn't be talking to all of these women about it. Um, But given the transformations you've made in your own life, if you were to give some advice to a much younger you, maybe a you in your late 20s or early 30s, what would you tell her? Mm. So as you're talking then, I think the, the big one that comes up for me is to trust the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just comes up. I think it's trusting yourself and having that belief in yourself that whatever direction you go will be the right one. Yeah. Um, I think that's the big thing for me because I have absolutely not one regret in my whole life. No regrets because um, I've always acted on my gut intuition. I believe in myself and I know that, you know, whatever choices I make is there's always a learning. It's kind of like, you know, there's always something to be taken from it. Um, yeah. If you go a sort of slightly different direction and you're like, oh, that's not quite where I wanted to go, then you then you start looking at other avenues. It just it just forces you to be open to something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just tr- you know, and that's still something I live I live by right now is just trusting that process. Um, yeah. And it comes back to trusting myself. You know that. Yeah, just having that belief in myself. So not looking for other people or other things to give me that, um, you know, the direction. It's kind of just knowing that, just believing in myself that, yeah, I think my mum taught me that from a young age. She always said, you know, to, yeah, it's great to have other people along in the journey for sure. Mm -hmm. Makes life amazing. But you do exit alone. (laughs) Come alone and you exit alone. And so, I think, um, you know, that's been something is like have that belief in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then who inspires you? Mm, I thought about that question. (laughs) I think that I've had many people along the way, you know, mentors and and role models that I've, but I think, I think inspiration is everywhere. Yeah. I think it's everywhere. I mean, I just, you know, now with the internet and, and the way we can, just see so many things as um, I just find there's so much inspiration everywhere I look in the world. I think there's everyone, particularly now in uh, the current climate around the world, I think people are really being opening themselves up a lot more. I think there's a lot more connection going on in the world more than ever. And particularly mm-hmm. the fitness industry, you know, we've realized how, how much we love that connection and doing live classes. And, you know, a lot of us are being forced to do the, the online classes, which is still great to have that connection, but this, this power of connection and being around people. Um, yeah. So I think there's so many people, the, the members in my classes inspire me, you know, mm-hmm. like I think it's everyone, everyone that I'm in contact with they inspire me to be the best version of myself I can be, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, it's not just sort of one person. I think there's, there's so many people. Definitely my husband has been a, a huge, you know, inspiration in my life and um, my family as well. Yeah. 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 I love that. Um, and also what you're saying about community, because I do think in this last sort of 18 months, COVID has made, all of our communities a little bit smaller, at least certainly from my um, from my perspective. Mm. My community is a little bit smaller, but it's also hugely engaged and really supportive. And I yeah. think I can find a lot of inspiration in those 
less often, maybe slightly smaller, but very real connections. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I really noticed that in the last, um, 18 months or so, I think, um, everyone's being a little bit more honest. There's yeah. more vulnerability in the world and, um, because people are realizing, well, yeah, <laughs> I am feeling this way. I need to express it. And I think that's, um, there's something really beautiful about that, you know? So yeah, there's always a learning even from the yeah. pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there's been, there's been a lot of learnings from this, this pandemic and it's forced everybody to stop for a minute and, yeah. and reassess a yeah. lot of things in our lives. But thank you so much for your time, Kylie. This has been really amazing. And I've learned so many really useful things on, well, trusting yourself, I guess, and being able to put together all of those little dots between mind, body, spiritual connection. And I think also getting some of the emotion out of your body or some of the negativity out of your body physically is... um, is something that's hugely helpful. Yeah, really, really helpful. So thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. (laughs) I have not met many people who can truly say they have no regrets, that even the hardest moments have been opportunities rather than obstacles. And I think this mindset is key to the peace that Kylie finds herself with now in her 50s. And that has to be the ultimate flex. To learn more about Kylie's coaching work, you can check out her website, kyliegatescoaching.com, or follow her on Instagram. I have linked to both in the show notes. Please don't forget to subscribe to The Purpose Effect and share these episodes with your friends. You'll hear from me again next week. Bye.